Hello and welcome to this edition of our podcast. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Brian Manel. He is chairman of TechMet and I've specifically invited him to tell us about his latest venture TechMet and why he's venturing into this area of the mining value chain. Brian is a mining industry scion, well your family is I know, and you yourself have been involved in various aspects within the mining industry. I know from my own relationship with you and speaking to you about Africa that you're knowledgeable about all corners of the continent. You've got an investment, I know, through TechMet in Rwanda, but I think your portfolio extends into, into a number of African countries. Brian, welcome. And tell us a little bit more about TechMet, if you will. Thanks, Marcus. It's a pleasure to be with you. Marcus, as you say, TechMet is a technology metals company. We're a private company building projects that either produce or process or recycle what we call technology metals. And establishing TechMet in its present form three years ago, as I did, was really a reflection of a growing realization that we are at the beginning globally of a power energy mobility revolution that requires a specific range of metals and metal chemicals that are in structural short supply relative to exponential growth and demand driven by electric vehicles, renewable energy systems, and battery storage. So this is really essentially the space in which TechMet is investing in the supply-demand dislocation for these key inputs into the power energy mobility transition. And how quickly is that transition happening? The speed of it is accelerating every day. And it's becoming completely inescapable and unstoppable. And the implications for the supply of the inputs is, again, being better understood and better appreciated every day, but is still radically under-reflected in the markets and not in any way adequately understood by the end users of these products. So obviously, they're catching up as they must. And tell us, which metals are we talking about specifically? In TechMet, our focus is exclusively lithium cobalt, rare earth metals, tin, tungsten, and vanadium. And these metals, we invest across the value pipeline, so production, processing, and recycling. And it is these metals where we see the supply-demand dislocation being at its most severe going forward over the next two, five, and 10 years. And these metals are also almost entirely dominated by Chinese interests in terms of the global supply chain from mines through processing and intermediate products to battery manufacturers and other uses of these critical materials. Just to be clear, it's the Chinese who are mopping up all the supply, is it, of these critical metals? Yeah, I mean, China has executed over the last 15 years an enormously successful program of securing control over these key inputs into the power energy mobility revolution to a point where today China controls probably 95% of global supply of rare earth metals and between 60 and 85% control across all of our metals, both primary resource processing capacity and intermediate products. So if you're a Japanese state or even the US government, are they attracted to you as an investment vehicle to guarantee supply of these rare metals? Yeah, I mean, there's a very rapidly growing appreciation of the sustainable competitiveness impact of access to the supply of these materials in the case of the US, Japan, Europe, and elsewhere vis-a-vis China. 
and the national security implications of China's overwhelmingly dominant position in the space. It's lovely having Tesla and Panasonic, which are at the forefront of their industries and growing every day, but being dependent for over 75% of their inputs on Chinese sources of supply is an enormous source of, of corporate and, and national weakness. Really interesting, Brian. You, you mentioned there Tesla and Panasonic. To what degree are companies like this placing heavy demands on suppliers like you for those aspects of sustainability that you just alluded to? Traceability, I'm thinking specifically. No, I think it's it's a very, very important theme and will increasingly be so. All of the end users of these products who are consumer product facing are increasingly under pressure to demonstrate the traceability and sustainability and ethics of the pipeline of origin of the inputs going into their product. And that is something we focus on a lot as TechMet, to be very well governed from an environmental and social impact point of view, and hence add value to our products in this pipeline to consumer goods. So you're right, it's a very, very important consideration that all end users are increasingly focusing on, together with not having their inputs controlled by a competitor in the form of China. So that it's, a, it's a dual focus with respect to sourcing of the critical materials going into their manufacturing. And my sense, Brian, is that specifically for sort of consumer-facing uh, companies, the requirement to meet really high and exacting standards as it relates to labor practices, human rights, but also increasingly biodiversity and natural capital accounting. I mean, just last week, we saw the, the big four auditors come together to launch a new form of ESG reporting. The industry, in terms of sustainability reporting, seems to be advancing at some pace now. Some would say not before its time, meaning long overdue. But this must place a heavy cost burden and um, a technical burden on traditional miners. How are you contending with that? Or is it a key part of your sort of USP? Yeah, I mean, most of you know, our projects and a lot of the projects that dominate in this technology metal supply space are fairly high margin niche projects. It's very different managing the ESG, both substance on the ground with respect to practices and reporting for a $50 million um, tin mine in Rwanda than it is for a $5 billion iron ore mine with railway infrastructure in Brazil. So we are a very different wing of the industry um, relative to the big miners and the big bulk projects in ESG terms. So for us, perhaps it's a little bit easier. It's not easy and it does have cost and it does require a lot of time and attention and focus. Most of the values and most of the standards that we adhere to or aspire to are, are ones that we've been doing for many, many years in our projects and in other projects we've been involved in over the decades. So it's not new. The level of reporting requirements are new um, and, and, and those standards are obviously evolving in terms of their adoption by the industry, which is, is very positive and necessary. Can I turn to Africa? You mentioned the investment that you have in TINCO, which is a tin and tungsten producer in, in Rwanda. Is that your only exposure as TechMet to the continent? It's our primary exposure is our four producing tin mines and one producing tungsten mine in Rwanda that we are embarking on a substantial expansion and development program for over the coming two years. Um, so they will become much more relevant for us as we continue to expand their operations and production. 
we do have a, have a small interest in a, in a company with a producing rare earth metals mine in Burundi. But apart from that, we do not at present as TechMet have significant African exposure. We have much more exposure in terms of scale of value in our projects in Brazil, United States and Canada. However, we you know, are certainly interested in adding to that exposure to Africa uh, and adding to our portfolio as we continue to progress. How rich is Africa's resource base in some of these metals and rare earth metals that you referenced? Africa is very, very important in some of them and quite important in, in others of them. You know, generally in terms of the specialty metals going into the tech revolution, Africa is a dominant supplier of cobalt, primarily out of the Congo. Um, Africa also has significant hard rock lithium resources, which will be developed over the coming years and be a significant part of the global lithium equation. There are other important strategic metals that are found in Africa to a greater extent than in, elsewhere in the world. Vanadium, obviously, in South Africa is very, very important. Um, silver is a metal we're not involved in, but also part of this picture, significantly sourced from Africa. So across all of these technology metals, Africa has a very, very important role to play in building additional supply to meet this exponential growth in demand that we're at the beginning of. Well, that's good to hear. Tell me, if you will, we're obviously in the midst of this coronavirus pandemic as, as we speak. I'm not quite sure how long we'll feel the implications of this. But what has it done for, for businesses such as yours in terms of demand? My sense is that with this health pandemic, actually, attentions have been turned to the prospect of a future pandemic, an environmental pandemic. Therefore, there's been a, an uptake interest, and in, I referred to the ESG earlier, but, but generally to, to clean fuels. And we've seen big statements from the oil majors, certainly, in terms of their plans for mixing up their portfolio with a much greater proportion of renewables. What's been the sentiment amongst your investors or appetite amongst investors? Yeah, no, I think you're entirely right. This present crisis has certainly catalyzed an acceleration of focus on green technologies and a sustainable future. And that's been very, or will prove to be very beneficial for our industry in terms of drives of demand for our metals. And that's been medium term. Obviously, in the short term, mm -hmm. there's a slowdown in many of those drivers of demand as economies have obviously been under severe stress. But medium term, we'll get an acceleration of adoption of electric vehicles, renewable energy systems, and other clean technologies, not only as a result of popular sentiment moving in a greener direction, possibly as a result of the pandemic, but also as a result of stimulus spending being significantly focused into um, clean technology industries and electric vehicle industry, particularly in Europe, but to, to some extent everywhere else in the world. And that's combined with additional constraints on sources of supply, as many projects have been delayed or scrapped that are in weak hands from a funding point of view, making shortages even greater to five years out. Very interesting. One final question. You were born into a, uh, a mining dynasty. I think your father was very senior in the industry. I don't know, was your grandfather too? Yes, my grandfather founded a company called the Anglovar Group in 1932 in South Africa, which became one of South Africa's diversified mining and industrial conglomerates. And I know, I know your interests span beyond mining into art and conservation and agriculture and probably many other things besides that I'm, that I'm not aware of. But you have spent a good proportion of your 
career in the mining industry. How do you feel the stock of mining is today compared to earlier in your career? I say this, I suppose, with particular reference to events in Australia relatively recently and that have cost the CEO at Rio Tinto his job and, and some others as well. And just a genuine, I think, perception problem that perhaps the industry is, mm. is, is having at the moment. What's your take on that? Yeah. The mining industry in general, and obviously there are better and worse elements of the industry globally, but in general, the mining industry has become very, very much better governed and less impactful socially and environmentally in a negative way over the the last few decades. You know, it really is generally an industry that is well-governed and well-regulated and ethical, with some sad exceptions. However, despite that very, very positive evolution and direction of travel over the last few decades for the industry as a whole, the perceptions of the industry haven't really caught up. And it's still somewhat perceived as being an industry that is fundamentally unsustainable in terms of its economic, social and environmental impact. And that's unfortunate. And in in many, many instances, and obviously I include us and our projects in in that is, is unfair. But it is an encumbrance. I said that that was my final question. If, if you'll allow me to sneak one more in. I'm interested to know, do you have any of the big technology groups as direct investors in, in your business? Is that something you can reveal? Um, we don't. All of our investors, other than myself, um, or including myself from inception, have been high net worth, ultra high net worth, and family offices. And we have, we have purposefully focused on that investing universe as we've continued to fund and scale TechMet. We have not reached out and haven't intended to appeal to a strategic investing audience up till now. But over time, we'll look more in that direction as we scale production across our operations. And tell me, is that a natural evolution for the industry? Do we envisage that the big technology industries will be taking stakes in mining operations? I think it's inevitable that certainly the automakers, VW, BMW, Tesla, or Toyota, or or whoever else uh, across the auto industry is committed to fully electrifying their fleet over the next 10 years, which is everybody, um, realize that their sustainable competitiveness is dependent on on preferential access to the key inputs, battery metals and other metals going into electric motors. And they will realize that they have to go down further and further downstream to ensure that access in competition with the Chinese and others who are way ahead of them. So that will inevitably be the case. Tesla's already talking about producing their own lithium in Nevada. You know, there have been attempts to engage in long-term offtake agreements on the part of automakers with miners and processing of met- processes of metals. So that will certainly be a, a theme that will be more and more prominent over the coming years. Really interesting. Well, thank you, Brian. I'm very grateful for your time and, and for those insights. And I wish you wish you well with, with TechNet. Brilliant. Well, thanks so much, Marcus.